Chad Daybell has some serious explaining to do. Tammy Daybell, Chad's former wife, died suspiciously on October 19, 2019 at the age of 49 years old. Although, at the time, it didn't seem suspicious to those who were on scene that day she died. Tammy had a previous attempt made on her life the week to the day before her death where a masked man approached her outside of her home while she was at her vehicle, and the man pointed a gun at what she believed was a paintball gun, only it misfired and she ran away. She took it to Facebook to recount the experience and called the authorities. The masked man was believed to have been Alex Cox, Lori Daybell's brother and protector. A week later, Tammy was dead. This time, the attempt worked, and this time, it's believed to be at the hands of her husband of 30 years, Chad Daybell. We know that Chad reported that she died in her sleep, peacefully he said. In fact, he said that she had a bad cough the night before, she also vomited and Chad helped her back to bed. But by the morning, she was gone. Two months after her death, in December of 2019, the authorities who were at the time investigating Lori Daybell's missing children, the murder of Lori's fourth husband, Charles Vallow, and they were also investigating the attempt made on Lori's niece's ex-husband, Brandon Boudreaux. And now they were looking at Chad Daybell, who suspiciously was connected to Lori, not to mention Chad married Lori shortly after Tammy's death very shortly. So the authorities decided to exhume Tammy's body and what they found was the opposite of dying peacefully. Let's dive in the day that Tammy Daybell died and the oddities surrounding it. Not only that day, but the days surrounding Tammy's death. So now, let's get into it. Tammy and Chad Daybell had been married for 30 years. They have five children together and had been living the last few years in a rural part of Rexburg, Idaho. It was only a 10 minute drive to Lori's place. Chad met Lori in October of 2018, a year before Tammy's death. But Chad Daybell had been sinning for quite some time, so was Lori, as they were both married to other people, but they had secrets a lot of secrets, meeting up and forming not just a forbidden relationship, but a very deadly plan. And they were part and ahead of a secret little group. Some call it a cult, I call it a secret society, a secret combination as it's called in the LDS religion, where the society are people bound together by oaths to carry out the evil purposes of the group. Secret combinations were first talked about in the Book of Mormon, which was published in 1830 by Joseph Smith, the founder of the Mormon church. Joseph is someone that Chad had looked up to. I did do a video on secret combinations that better explain their evil ways. I'll have that below or at the end of this video. Their secrets eventually came to light and one by one, the people around them dropped dead. And according to a well-known rubric they created, their hit list showed them the way. As much as six or seven months before Tammy's murder, Chad had been having conversations with Lori and others saying he feels that Tammy will be departing this world soon and that he's had visions of it. Tammy even became a zombie just like the others and was given a zombie name, Viola. So on October 19th, 2019, a phone call was made to 911. Have a listen. Where's your emergency? We're at 202 North, 1900 East. What's going on? Um, we just found my mom. She's on the ground, frozen, or she's dead. And 
I don't know. Are you in Madison County or Fremont County? Oh, uh, I jabbed the husband. Um, she's clearly dead. Um, oh, I'm so sorry. Okay. Okay, are you in Rexford or... Because your address shows the Rexford address that you're in Fremont County? My about this call for a minute. When the dispatcher first comes on, it sounds perfectly timed in my opinion. Chad's son calls first and in the background, as soon as the dispatcher connects, you hear Chad begin his sentence. Chad then goes on and says, I'm Chad the husband. And says, um, clearly she's dead. They talk about where he lives and then he cries, oh no, oh, and then quickly shifts his demeanor from crying to composed very, very quickly. Then he says, yeah, she's not even, she's frozen. The dispatcher asks for his name. He says, Chad Daybell. Oh, you know, he starts to cry. He gives more directions and says, on the corner with the yellow blinking light. Now, there's another thing I'd like to point out, and that's Chad's choice of words in this call. But before I talk about those specifics in, in this instance, a little history about Chad Chad likes to do a little duper's delight throughout his evil ways and actions. The day Tylee Ryan was buried, who's Lori's daughter, Chad took it to his phone, texted Tammy, and boasted about his interesting day and how he shot a raccoon from his yard, buried it in the pet cemetery, and burned limb debris, and ended the text with good times. Interestingly, that's where they found Tylee, and her limbs were burned as she was dismembered. Note, no raccoon was ever found. Another time, Chad phoned and pretended to be the nephew of Charles Vallow and wanted a ballpark figure of what it would cost to ship Charles's cremains, he said. He said ballpark figure a few times and even called himself Chad Dabal. Interestingly, the day Charles was murdered, there was a bat involved and before he was murdered, there was an email that Lori wrote pretending to be Charles and talking about a ball and baseball. And on this day that Tammy died, here we have Chad talking about Tammy being frozen. What I'd love to know is how many times in a dispatcher's history 
that they have ever heard a caller say their dead loved one is frozen. Cold, yes, but not frozen. So I phoned my ex-husband up and as many of you know, he's a paramedic and has been for almost 20 years. So he's seen it all. I asked him how many times he's ever heard of someone describe their loved one and who's found in the house to have said, you know, they're frozen. His answer, not one. And he goes on up to 10 calls a day on his shift, multiply that by 20 years, and he's seen a lot of dead people. Not one time. So why is this important? Because a few weeks later, there was a knock at Lori's door for a welfare check on JJ, and they asked Lori where JJ was. She lied, of course, and said that her friend Melanie Gibb had him, and they were probably going to see a Frozen 2 movie. Meanwhile, her two children, Tylee and JJ, were frozen in the cold Rexburg, Idaho ground, limb debris and all. And it's sick, and it's intentional, and that's his dupers. Now, yes, his son was also on that 911 call and said frozen and then corrected himself on that 911 call. But I'd wondered if this was him repeating what Chad said. You know, he repeated it on the phone. With, no, 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 no. That's not it. Um, we just found my mom. She's on the ground frozen. Or she's stiff. I don't know. And one thing maybe might not be a big deal, but it's the accumulation and pattern of these evil Knievels, not a coincidence. Now, during cross-examination during Lori's trial, Lori's attorney, James Archibald, asked the dispatcher and said, someone identifying themselves as Chad Daybell asked for an ambulance or a coroner, and the dispatcher responds, I don't think he asked for anything. I think he said his house was on the corner. He did not say anything about an ambulance or a coroner. So the 911 call went in and an officer responded for a report of an unattended death, which just means that it's when someone isn't under a physician's care, contrary to what Chad's BS is. When the officer arrived, she said that Chad and his son Garth were in the living room. She said Chad seemed distraught and crying and Garth was reserved and quiet. The officer said that she was looking for obvious signs of foul play, disturbances at the scene, any broken furniture, things pushed around, any gunshot wounds, stab wounds, etc. And she said there were no signs of a break-in or a disturbance at the house. And Chad led the officer to the bedroom where Tammy was on the bed. He told the officer he moved the body. And he also told the officer that Tammy woke up coughing around midnight and then vomited. He said he helped her recover and then assisted her back to bed. And according to the information presented at trial, at 10.22 p.m., Tammy's phone was active and playing games. This would be the 18th. At 11.28 p.m., a picture is deleted from her phone. And there are then texts between Chad and Lori. Note, Lori isn't in town conveniently at this time. She and her niece Melanie went to Hawaii. At 11.46 p.m., Alex is leaving the LDS church parking lot near Chad's house. Alex calls Lori and then talks from 11.53 p.m. to 12.09 a.m. In between this time is when Chad said Tammy went to bed. Now, Lori then texts Zulema at 12.10 a.m. Chad texts Lori at 12.35 a.m. Then Chad said, fast forward some time at 5.45 a.m., Tammy partially fell off the bed. He said that her feet and legs got caught in the sheets, that her torso had fallen off the bed, but her head was on the floor. So think of that for a moment. He also said that Tammy liked to have 
her one leg out because she was going through menopause and had hot flashes. So I can see that, but let's just get a little bit more into this. Chad then explained that he and Garth moved Tammy back into the bed and covered her up with blankets. But here's the thing. According to the autopsy, Tammy showed signs that she died on her back. It's called lividity, where the blood pools after death and they're able to tell if a body's moved that way as well. So it would pool at the very bottom. So riddle me this. She goes to bed with a terrible cough and yet she died peacefully according to Chad. And she died on her back yet was magically found partway on the bed and partway off with her head on the floor. In court, it was said bodies don't move if they are deceased. For her to fall off the bed, she would have been alive at that point. And that was by the defense, interestingly. Note, Chad then would have had to have posed her like that. And my guess is he posed her for Garth and then Garth would be his witness and help put her in the bed because her head was on the floor, yet her body was in the bed. Now, how horrible is that for a child having to see his mom like that and then have to pick his mom up with Chad, regardless of how old he is or was. And then I wondered, wait a minute, didn't Garth say she was lying on the floor before? So I checked because Garth told 48 Hours, the program, and I do have a video on that and how they thought Chad was framed, that he was in his room that night when he heard a thump from his parents' bedroom down the hall. He said, and I quote, and I heard my dad yell, Garth, Garth, come quick, with the most panic I'd ever heard in his voice. He said, my dad was just pacing back and forth, just saying, why? How could this happen? And he was pointing at pictures on the wall saying, she can't be dead. Like, how could this be? What do we do? And in court, it said that Chad heard Tammy fall out of the bed. He said he got up and she was out of the bed with her head and body down with one leg twisted in the blankets. She was cold and not breathing at that time. Now note, I think this is his way of having a witness and he had to explain away the leg twisted and dupe his son. Chad also told the deputy that Tammy hated to see the doctor, that she fell in the driveway a month before, and that she had issues with her blood pressure. In a call with Melanie Gibb, one of their friends, in December of 2019, just a few days before Tammy was exhumed and just before Alex was killed, or I should say died, Chad told Melanie that Tammy's heart was failing her. And in court, we learned that Chad said that Tammy had been feeling really off lately, like she wasn't in her body. Again, the dupers. He also said that Tammy was having fainting episodes, including where she passed out apparently at the temple. And Chad said that she had very low blood pressure and wouldn't go to the doctors. He said she tried to treat things naturally and they did find some supplements and that kind of thing in the home. And in one of the officer's testimony, it was also said that she found it weird because Tammy had foam coming from her mouth. We heard this long, 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 way long time ago from Chad's daughter, Emma, and said that she was concerned because Tammy had pink foam. Alex Cox also had pink foam. And the person who was attending at Chad's house thought it was very weird about Tammy foaming at the mouth and looked it up as poisoning. Now in another video, I did one where we explored theories and that was on the um, on a thing called Buradunga, which was found in, I believe it was Chile. 
Colombia. It was Colombia that it was found. And I did a little series on that. It was interesting uh, because it's said to be the zombie drug. So I did a little, you know, deep dive down there. It doesn't mean that this is um, part of that, but it was very interesting. You should check that out if you, you know, are curious about these kinds of things and the zombie drug. Along with that pink foam, it was also noted that Tammy had bruises on her arms. And in court, they showed a diagram of several bruises on Tammy's arm. Notable, CPR was not performed on Tammy, which doesn't surprise me because you don't revive a zombie. Just like what happened to Charles Vallow, Alex Cox didn't perform CPR even though he pretended on the phone with the dispatcher that he did. And it was said that Chad didn't even call 911 for a good 20 minutes, which just so happens to be the time that it took Alex to also call 911, if not later. So it was estimated that Tammy was actually dead for hours. Now, I talked about this a long time ago, but I have a theory. And my theory is that these people who died, Tammy Daybell, JJ Vallow, and Tylee Ryan all died in the middle of the night. I think they died at the witching hour. That's at that three o'clock mark, three to four, but I believe it's around three o'clock. Interestingly, the estimation was in and around that time a long time ago. They said around 2 o'clock, they believe, but I'm thinking 3 o'clock. That's my opinion. Let me know what you think. Now, interestingly, Chad Daybell did not want an autopsy surprise, surprise performed on Tammy. He said no. And the original cause of death was pulmonary edema for Tammy, and the manner of death was natural causes. However, it's changed to asphyxia is the cause of death. So... Basically, Tammy died from asphyxiation. And I want to talk about this for a minute because there were bruises on Tammy's body as if she was held down. Think of this for a minute because I have another theory. Maybe Chad Daybell wasn't alone. Maybe Alex Cox was also there because you have one person pinning down and the other one asphyxiating her. What do you think? Just like in JJ's case, where we now found there was a strand of hair that belonged from Lori on the tape that was wrapped around the bag of JJ. And we know Alex, he had his fingerprints and palm print on the bag. And I had said in my last, or one of my last videos, that in order to put a bag and tape around JJ's head, while he's alive, there would be some flailing and there would probably take, or it would most likely take two people to do. And now I'm wondering, did Alex slip in and help out? So it wasn't until Tammy got exhumed that they found like, oh, oh, something's not going, you know, something's not right. And we're going to go all the way back. Now here's some extra tidbits. A friend of Tammy's actually saw Tammy the day before she died. And she worked at the same elementary school where Tammy Daybell was, as she worked as a librarian, and said that Tammy was a little different that day. She said, I was coming to ask her about another book recommendation, and she was just really busy and didn't want to talk a lot, which was unlike Tammy, according to her. She said she seemed maybe a kind of frustrated, and that wasn't typical of her. And not only that, but there's been some background about Tammy where she was clogging. 
She had a clogging teacher who testified. She said the classes were 60 minutes long, it's fast paced. And she said that Tammy never fell behind or quit early because of exhaustion or anything like that. Tammy was also preparing for a 5K run, I believe it was. There's been talks about marathon, there's talking about 5K. She was healthy, she was doing all kinds of things. She worked out. It was said that she was doing classes that were high intensity, like squats, jumping jacks, burpees. You know, Tammy was 49 years old. She was able to keep up with the class and um, she, she did a lot. She was healthy and fit. And it's interesting because the only one who said Tammy was sick and coughing was Chad. It'd be interesting to hear what Garth had to say. Maybe I missed that. So what was interesting as well is after Tammy died, only a few days after, Chad already had organized her uh, funeral. And he also received $430,000 in Tammy Daybell's death, which he upped right before she died to the maximum. And two weeks after the death of Tammy Daybell, Chad decides to go get married to Lori on a beach in Hawaii while her children are dead. People don't even know for a couple weeks that they're missing. She's living it up on a beach. She has her dirty little hands in everything, contrary to what some people may believe, and Chad Daybell as well. Alex can't speak because he's dead too. They all schemed. They were part of this secret society. And in secret societies, you have secrets and you also have code. And Chad likes to boast. We've seen him in preliminary hearings, uh, taking a little peek at the evidence, and I think he gets a kick out of it. Lori and her demeanor in court, other than one day where she just didn't want to be there anymore, um, she's quite jovial. She's happy, she's flirty, she's Lori's normal self. So it's gonna be interesting because closing arguments at the time of this recording is tomorrow, and it's gonna be very interesting what transpires. Do you think that Lori was part of Tammy's demise? Let me know with a heck yes, she was part of it in the comments below. Or no, but I feel after day 25, the, the prosecution rests his case, I'm a little concerned. So will she be charged with murder, conspiracy, and grand theft in the deaths of Tylee Ryan, her daughter, who never lived to see her 17th birthday, her son JJ, who never lived to see his eighth birthday, and Tammy Daybell, who was not able to celebrate her 50th. Meanwhile, Chad and Lori have been chuckling it up forever and uh, thinking they could get away with this. Hopefully not. Let me know your thoughts below. Thank you so much for watching. We'll see you in the next video. Tammy Daybell, Chad's former wife, died suspiciously, suspiciously.